Oh, no, I'm just a tiny little 28-year-old who doesn't know how to do my taxes. This is so annoying. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'm Ben Green. I'm Hannah Green. This is Grown Up Questions. On today's episode... Hannah Green does her taxes. She doesn't know how, and she is 28 years old. Well, I feel just like a child. Yeah, I feel just like a child. From my womb to my tomb, I guess I'll always be. In order to learn more about how to do my own taxes, I figured I'd start by seeing what my friends already knew about the subject. Hannah brought me along to Know How, a group of knowledge-hungry friends who had gathered in a Brooklyn apartment to eat some homemade flatbread with Moroccan parsnip mash, drink tequila, and discuss our questions about paying taxes. Questions ranged from the obvious... I'm not from this country. This is the first, and I've never had to do my own taxes. Does does one have to like actually do something? Yeah. To be open ended. So confusing. I'm like, which am I paying you because I paid for healthcare? Are we paying are we all paying for the what? <laughs> Who's paying what for why? To the oddly specific. But, okay, so say you say you work a nine to five. Uh-huh. And then after work you go and moonlight as a plumber. I think ultimately, I said it best. Failing taxes are the one place where ignorance should be an excuse for breaking the law. (laughs) Fortunately, Amanda was able to cut through the noise and give us a simple explanation of what the tax process looks like for a salaried American. So so I'm I'm salaried. Um, Do I need to do a thing? The first part of it is like when you're making money, yeah. your job if you're salaried is automatically taking out the like the taxable piece. So you yeah. don't have to think about, oh, I have to pay that later. Yeah. So that's what you don't have to do. Mm-hmm. You still have to file taxes, which involves like some forms. Gotcha. And then at the end of that, you either get money back or you have to give money based off of if your job took the right amount out. Gotcha. Basically, you're going to reiterate what you've made. Say, yeah. this is what my job has said I've made and this is proof of it and this is the amount I've already taken out and given to you IRS and they will then do their calculations and come back and say you're right you, you owe me you 50 owe, more bucks or like or yeah not. you're off by 50 either plus or minus and if we decide that you actually paid too much we'll give you money back so to recap if you're salaried your company's accountant has already paid the IRS out of your salary on your behalf at the end of the year the IRS makes sure the amount they took was right by either giving you a refund or taking more taxes. Why might your actual tax burden be different from the amount your employer withheld on your paycheck? Besides making a mistake on your withholdings, of course. A few possible reasons. You're receiving income on the side. You've had a favorable year with your investments. You've gotten married. You've gotten unmarried. You've tapped into your retirement account. You've received an inheritance. You've lost your job. You won a car in a raffle. Anything that changes your yearly earnings or affects the way the government groups you in a tax bracket will affect your tax burden. This is why, even as a salaried employee with seemingly predictable income, you must file your finances with the government. It's important to tell the IRS everything at the end of the year, even if you don't think there's anything to tell. If you're wrong and you get audited, it's bad news. So if you make under $66,000 a year, you can just walk into one of these places when they're open. They're all over the city. Nora told us about some free tax prep services in NYC. And it's completely free for them to basically do all of it for you. But you would bring every single piece of paper that's relevant, which is like every W-2 
or 10.99. Everyone who like needs you to do something with it, like official, they're gonna send you information. And then you have to take all of that paperwork and bring it to them. Amanda told us when we should worry about deductions. I just did my taxes and I used TurboTax and I used the like deduction version of TurboTax, which is only maybe like, I don't know, $30 or $60 more expensive. But I just did it for peace of mind, like just, oh, let's answer all the questions. Like, can I deduct that? Can't I? The single taxpayer did like tax credit that you get in the United States if you're just you is I think like $6,500. So basically if you, if you just, you know, think about it, like how many deductions can you take? If it's not more than $6,500, then you really should not waste your time. Then Nora shared some extreme measures one could take to organize one's shit. Tax takes. Record all of your business expenses in an Excel or Google spreadsheet. These include subway rides or travel expenses for work, anything work-related in terms of travel, food and lunches, any supplies bought for work, any supplies that enhance your career, new laptop, business cards. If you're freelance, then healthcare premiums are considered tax-deductible. Also, any contributions to your Roth IRA. And then he says, who am I talking like this? And student loan debt interest also fall into this category. For each expense, record the date, amount, and who and what it was for. That way, at the end of the year, when you have this printed out, you can show on your credit card statements that it's factual. Highly recommend that you have a business credit card if you are a freelancer. This should be used for all of the expenses above so you have the proper tax documentation during tax season. Obviously, still pay these expenses off at a steady rate. If you're a freelancer getting 1099s, you'll need to collect each one from your employer. By law, they're supposed to be in the mail by February 1st, but that doesn't always happen. To keep track of these, I maintain another Google sheet. This guy's on it. Of every project I'm working on, how much I got paid for it, and when I got invoiced and when I got paid. That way, no 1099s can slip through the cracks. This is a lot of work, guys. Yeah. But the best thing said was also the simplest. Well, I've been trying to be a better active listener, so I just want to, I'm going to play back what I heard you say. Tell me if I miss this. Okay. There's, there's someone I can give $100 to $200 to do all of it, to deal with this. That's correct? That's right. Yeah. We're sitting here. Like, wondering about all these things, and there's potentially someone that you can hire for a couple hundred dollars. I can say from hiring an accountant, in my opinion, he has saved me lots of money. And every time I go, I ask him questions because that's his job to answer. Do you go in person? I go in person. So that's what we did. We spoke to financial consultant and author of the blog, Young, Broke, and Awesome, Kristen Uretig. Talk to me a little bit about what you do. Sure. I'm a financial advisor. Uh, I started a company, Brooklyn Plans, to help emerging professionals get clarity and balance with their finances. And so I help people um, to come up with financial plans and systems that help them manage their money. So what is the experience that you have with young people and taxes? Like, what are your clients dealing with? Well, I have a lot of clients that are freelancers or um, self-employed, and it's just kind of a mess. Um, <laughs> if When people are salaried, it tends to go pretty smoothly, like, Everything's on payroll. Um, well, I'm thinking of in terms of like the taxes being paid, right? Right. So by the end of the year, they're usually coming out pretty even. But for clients that are freelancers or self-employed, you know, you've got to 
do that on your own. You've got to save taxes as you earn income. And it's something that people are just not hardwired to do. So a lot of times they're coming up with a big tax bill at the end of the year. So do young people pay their taxes on time? I have had a few clients that came in and were like, a, you know, hadn't filed for several years, like were a total mess. Um, but and, <laughs> To you put know, it lightly? Yeah. I mean, like if you come in and you just haven't been filing, like that's a pretty serious situation that you should remedy. Um, and people sometimes don't file because they think they're not going to be able to afford it. And I had one client, I got her set up with somebody and she ended up getting a refund and she was like, had it in her head that she didn't have the money and she was going to owe. And she actually got thousands of dollars back um, and felt very relieved. So, wow. yeah, but yeah. if you don't have the money, it's like, you should still file. You And if you don't have the money, look like the IRS can't squeeze blood from a rock. So they'll get you on a payment plan that's affordable for you. Right. Um, then the point is like, you've got to face it. You've got to just go and file. It's not something the IRS is one of those things that like, you just can't hide from them. There's just no hiding from them. So the sooner you kind of face the realities and, and fix it, the better. Do you think that learning to submit your information, pay your taxes on time and sort of do all this planning? And do you feel like this is an important part of growing up? You know, I think going back to what we just said, that facing the realities of your finances is an important part of growing up. I don't have the head for cleaning my apartment. Like, I just don't. I don't have that capacity. I don't enjoy it. I'm not that good at it. I don't have the time for it. So I pay someone to do it. You know what I mean? And I don't feel like that makes me any less grown up. It's just like acknowledging my limitations. So I don't think that you have to necessarily feel comfortable filing your own return to be a grown up. It's not like a skill that's going to make you a better person. It's just like knowing that it's something that has to be done and then making the appropriate arrangements that work for you. What is your advice to young people as they approach this? If this is their first year filing their taxes or even thinking about taxes, how, how would you advise them? Everybody around you also is dealing with it. So it can help if you don't feel comfortable talking about it with people to like look at blogs or look at articles online because everybody's going through it. So you're not alone. You're not the first person to go through this kind of rite of passage. Um, so I would say do it early. And if you're set aside some time when you're like not stressed, you know, maybe meditate before you look at it. If you're into that <laughs> or do yoga, like be in a good place, have a couple hours to sit down. Cause it's one of those things you can't kind of like breeze past or brush over. You have to sort of sit down, think about it and engage with it. Um, and look through documents and things like that. So don't try and do it like on an empty stomach, you know, be in a good place. Cause it's one of those things that it just kind of sucks and nobody likes to do it. So don't make it any harder on yourself than it needs to be. That was Kristen Uritig. You can learn more about the work she does at brooklynplans.org. Okay. So I have uh, logged into TurboTax Okay, so it's basically saying we recommend TurboTax Live, CPA or EA device on demand and a final review, which is $179.99. How insulting does it feel to you that you have to pay money to pay taxes? Uh, it sucks, but I'm not surprised. I have to pay money to do everything. This is life.
Um, okay, start for free. Pay only when you file. <laughs> Sounds good. Nice. All right, I'm starting. Is there anything that I can get you while you're doing this? <laughs> I would love a latte. Maybe I should go get you a latte. That would help. I think my brain is melting at the prospect of finishing this. I'll get you a latte. Did any of these apply in 2017? Children or dependents? No. College student? No. Owned a home? No. Paid rent? Yeah. I own a business? No. I paid out-of-pocket medical expenses. Oh, God, I don't know. You didn't pay out-of-pocket medical expenses? I pay for therapy out-of-pocket. Yeah. Isn't that a medical expense? I guess. What else would it be? Recreational? Okay, now I gotta look through my W-2s. Okay, so... God, I don't know what that one is for. Some job. Hannah, I'm gonna go on Bumble and Hinge while you do this. I'm gonna talk to strangers from the internet. Okay? Okay. Okay, this is not that hard. Just enter a few more details. Box one amount. You're speeding towards the finish line, Hannah. Well, I guess that's all I have, so that's all I have. Have you filed your taxes? Uh, well, no. I mean, almost. I did the whole TurboTax process. It took me about three hours, moving at a temperate pace, if you will. And I will. I, I have decided at the end of it to schedule help with an expert to make sure that I've done it all right and ask a few of, like, my last questions. What do you know now that you did not know before? Well— Going through it makes you answer a bunch of questions about things that could determine whether or not you owe more taxes or owe fewer taxes. And I've sort of been exposed to all of those questions now. And I have a general sense of which might apply to me. I certainly learned that I need to be keeping better track of certain deductions. Um, yeah, I saw you going through all of your your expenses oh, over yeah, the last year. Yeah. And just like, did, does Amazon Prime count? Do my AirPods count? I know. That's what took a really long time. And it turns out that most deductions are for freelance kinds of things. So it was a weird year in which, like, had I been freelance that whole year, it's very likely that the deductions would, you know, end up being more than the standard deduction. And so it would behoove me to keep track of everything. But since I wasn't freelance for the whole year, I was freelance about half the year. Uh, it ended up being just easier to do the standard deduction, I guess. But I wouldn't have known that without plugging it all in. So thank you, TurboTax. For thank your... you, TurboTax. But I got exposed. I would say this was an activity of getting exposed to a tax process, like if you had to do it by yourself on TurboTax. Like any good form of exposure therapy, do you feel like you've come out on the other end less afraid? Yeah, I mean, I think I understand a good hunk of it. And then there's a bunch of little tiny details that I don't understand. But now at least I know what those details are. You don't have to have memorized all the information. You just have to be familiar with it. It's like no one has to know all 50 states Yeah. by memory. But if someone says, is Tennessee a state? You have to be able to say yes. Yes, exactly. You're like, yes, it is a state. Yes, it probably affects my taxes if I got married or like if I lost my job or if I switched insurance. You know, there there are things that you start to learn like, okay, I see how these things, because somebody asked me about them, they must have to do with taxes. Right. 
Do you feel better about taxes at the outset of this? Yes, I think it was just like, I just had to throw myself at this process. I've never done this before. Like, I've always just handed it to somebody else. So I actually like doing it on TurboTax. It makes me feel more aware and knowledgeable. It's nice that you have such a pleasant experience of TurboTax because ultimately it feels like the worst part about paying taxes is the fear that the process itself is going to be utterly excruciating and that yeah. you're going to pay all this money. And what you learn just by by jumping into it is that that's just like a monster under the bed. That's, exactly. Yeah. That's a shadow cast by a coat hanger in a kid's room that looks like a scary monster. And it's really just a coat hanger. It's really just a coat hanger. I mean, it's very possible that there's something horrible that happens from this like really shoddy job that I've done of filing these. And then I owe something or I do something wrong or I'm like pursued by the IRS. And I guess my feeling about all of that is come what may, you know, like, I'm sure I'll be able to figure this out. Right. Like, I got to like trust myself at some level that that I like can... this uncomfortable situation will resolve and you'll find yourself being more comfortable in the future. Yeah. And that I'll like learn. I'll learn as it goes on. And if I make a mistake, then I'll learn from that mistake. I mean, isn't that what it is to kind of grow up is to stop being afraid of every possible thing that could go wrong and just trust that whatever goes wrong or whatever comes your way, like you trust yourself, you're strong enough to handle it. You can figure it out. Yeah. It's just it's just adapting. It's learning that your world looked one way and now it looks another way. But you are the same capable person who figured out how to handle the first world. So you can figure out how to handle the second world as well. Exactly. It kind of reminds me of um, that thing Nora said at, uh, at the know-how. Do you remember? When I was coming out of college, I had like an older, like a friend of my parents or something, someone who's an adult who was like, oh, you're coming out of you're coming out of school. And I was like, yeah, yeah, like about to graduate, whatever. And she was like, ooh, man, that's going to be rough. And I was like, oh, like, yeah, I'm like a little nervous. Like I'm trying to like line up jobs, but I'm in the arts, so there's going to be like lots of jobs. And she was like, well, you know, it's, it's as the French say, you know, you have your ass between two chairs. And I was like, do the French say that? I don't know that I've ever heard that in French. But it was so great because it was like, I've been sitting in this chair for like 22 years now. I'm pretty good at this chair. I know about the chair. Very good at the chair. Now I'm like looking for my next chair. Not sure where it is or like what it looks like. I'm just gonna, oh God. And then you're just in the middle of the two chairs and it's very uncomfortable for a while. Like only two chairs open on the subway. (laughs) (laughs) You're still there. You're still fine. You're just like, I'm not really sure. Where the fuck I'm supposed to put my ass? <laughs> That's it for today. Grown Up Questions is researched, produced, and edited by Hannah and Ben Green. Thanks to Nora Boyd, Kristen Yurtig, and shout out to Evie Blue, who helped get this podcast off the ground. This is a new show, so if you enjoyed it, do me a favor and tell somebody. You can find us on Instagram at Grown Up Questions. I haven't convinced Hannah to follow that yet, but maybe you can, you know, help me convince her. Rate us, review us, do all the things that I've never personally done for other podcasts. Email your thoughts, ideas, stories, and grown up expertise to Ben at grownupquestions.com. If you have something special to say, we'd love to have you on the show. We'll be in your feed next week. Stay tuned. <laughs>